It is the Heartland College Sports Podcast Bedlam Edition from 97.1 The Sports Animal in Tulsa. I'm Eric G. And on what would be the perfect week for OU Nebraska because it's cold, it's gray, it's snowing here in Oklahoma, we're playing Bedlam. And that is sad for a lot of different reasons, but, but to look at the glass being half full, it's still a huge game for both teams. And coming up in the first segment of this podcast, I'm going to tell you why Oklahoma State will win. In the second segment, I'll tell you why OU will win. We'll look at the tie-breaking scenarios for the Big 12 championship game, and I'll also tell you why this won't be the last Bedlam game played in Norman. So let's get right down to it. Actually, before we get to the reasons why OSU will win this game, as as promised in the first segment, um, let's talk about why this is an important game for both teams. For Oklahoma State, you still have an opportunity to get into the Big 12 championship game. Now, granted, you're going to need some help from West Virginia against K-State this weekend. West Virginia back at home, coming off that big win over Oklahoma. But they've also fired their AD. And that is pretty much a precursor to Neil Brown being fired, which means it's 50-50 that West Virginia comes out and plays with any enthusiasm whatsoever. And hell, if West Virginia can't stop Eric Gray from running wild, they have no chance of stopping Deuce Vaughn from running wild. So go ahead and scratch that one off the list. You're you're not going to get the help from West Virginia you need. Now, you could possibly get some help from Kansas. They play Texas this week, and we know that Kansas just has just Texas has a middle block over Kansas there. That's the, that's the way we'll say it. Texas has a middle block against Kansas. So you might get a little help from the Jayhawks and Lawrence, but still you need to go out and beat the Sooners. And for OU, and don't you dare say pride. Don't you dare say pride is one of the reasons that OU has to win this game. No, not just yet. The Sooners are still one win away from being bowl eligible. Wrap your head around that just for a second. Go back to the very beginning of the year when we were making our predictions for the Big 12 championship game. Just about everybody here in the state of Oklahoma, including myself, had penciled OU in the Big 12 championship. Even though we thought the Sooners were a question mark and that fans were overhyping Dylan Gabriel, we still felt that OU's 85 was better than everybody else's 85. As it turns out, OU's 85 is about on par with everybody else's 85 in the Big 12 this year. Thus, you've got the 5-5 and record, and you need that win to get into a bowl game. And for Brent Venables, as a first-year head coach, who's taking a lot of crap from fans right now. And Jeff Levy is also taking a lot of crap from fans right now. You need a Bedlam win. Right now, you do not have a single victory to hang your hat on if you're OU. You need this win. You need to get the the gorilla off your back that is being bowl eligible. Everybody needs to just take a deep breath, and then you go out and you worry about whipping Texas Tech next week. But in a lot of ways, even though Oklahoma State still has a chance to win a Big 12 championship, This game, in a lot of ways, is more important to Oklahoma and more important to the program's future because you lose this one and you have to win next week in Lubbock to go 6-6 and for the year. 
you, you start to wonder whether or not Brent Venables can get things turned around, and you kind of wonder whether or not fans are going to give him the opportunity to let him to let him get it turned around. So just absolutely huge. Um, and whether Oklahoma State goes to the Big 12 championship or not, um, you can still finish with nine wins this year. It's it's a weird nine win season because of what Kansas State did to you, and because of the loss to Kansas. But still, it's nine wins, and that's seventeen years straight that Mike Gundy has notched a winning season inside Stillwater. Which, by the way, is no small feat when you think about where that program has come from through the years. It's no small feat to think about that. Prior to Mike Gundy, the only ten win season. In Oklahoma State history, came all the way back in 1984 under Pat Jones. My co-host had the only 10-win season until Mike Gundy got on campus. Not to mention, as we pointed out several times on this show, Mike Gundy has had many a go-around with Mike Holder, with Boone Pickens. Um, Despite his success, he has had to fight the administration and people within Oklahoma State and yet the guy just keeps winning. He just keeps winning, and Spencer Sanders just keeps proving he is one of the baddest MFers on this planet, as he did Saturday when he had to come in after Gunnar Gundy struggled and led Oklahoma State to victory against Iowa State. He's the reason that OSU won that game. So this is why now I'm going to tell you, it's a perfect transition into me telling you why Oklahoma State wins Bedlam this week, and the number one reason Oklahoma State wins Bedlam this week is because Spencer Sanders is the best player on the field, period. Now, you know me. I love Colin Oliver. Also love Danny Stutzman. Uh, You know, somewhat of a fan of Marvin Mims as well, but I tend to like defensive players, and I I like guys who just tend to overcome being criticized by fans. So, look, I'm a big Justin Broyles fan right now as well. But Spencer Sanders is not just the best quarterback on the field. He is the best player on the field. And the fact that he is a mobile quarterback is going to give OU's defense all sorts of trouble coming up on Saturday because, yes, you can get behind the line of scrimmage, although even though Oklahoma State's offensive line is banged up, I still think they'll pretty much control the line of scrimmage. But let's just say that OU's offensive line gets in the backfield. Well, Spencer Sanders can make things happen on the run with his legs. Um, He can certainly hit those big play receivers when he's got the opportunity to stretch plays. And just having a guy that can create the way that he does, that plays very well in RPO situations, that's a bad combination for Oklahoma. So right there alone is one reason that if you are going to the you are going to Vegas or you are going to dra- hop on DraftKings or FanDuel or any of these other betting sites and you are going to take Oklahoma State plus the seven and a half, Spencer Sanders is the number one reason you should take Oklahoma State plus the seven and a half. The other reason that Oklahoma State is going to win this game on Saturday is that Eric Gray, despite having a really good game against West Virginia on Saturday, will not be able to run the way that he did on the Mountaineers. Now, Oklahoma State, are they good against the run? No. In fact, they're, they're, they're 89th against the run uh, when, it, when it comes to total run defense. Uh, they're allowing over four yards per carry or 4.4 yards per carry. 
and they're giving up 372 rushing yards per game, which isn't horrible, but still, um, that's not the kind of run defense you had last year. I mean, Mike Gundy would certainly love to improve that because he believes in the old football adage, you have to run the ball, you have to be able to stop the run to win games. Well, with Spencer Sanders, they can run the ball, and even though the defense has holes in it, that defensive line is better than uh, that defensive line is better than OU's offensive line this year. And when you've got some of those big run stoppers up front, despite the fact that that defensive line is nicked up, it's not going to give Eric Gray those open opportunities that we've seen him have in, in the past weeks. And look, Gray's been playing fantastic, but if anything is going to be his kryptonite, it's going to be these guys in orange and black on Saturday. Um, also. Um, Oklahoma State, while not being able to run the ball as much with their running backs and having to rely on Spencer Sanders, which he too is banged up, you've got these great guys that can make plays in the open field as wide receivers, whether it's Presley, whether it's Shetron, um, and with by Presley, I mean Brennan or Braylon. And then, of course, you've got J.P. Richardson, which I just absolutely love that kid. And I don't know that there's anybody in the OU secondary. Um, I, I don't. I just don't. Actually, I should say it this way: the OU secondary is not going to be able to cover, rec, you know, cover all these receivers, thus allowing Spencer Sanders to not only make plays running. And look, if he gets the second or third level, those dudes don't tackle. I mean, he could go for a lot of yards running, but those receivers should come up big from time to time. Um, the other thing that I don't like about OU in this game at all is their special teams were god-awful on Saturday against West Virginia. You missed a couple of field goals. Not only that, you gave up a long kickoff return. You gave up a fake punt. This just sits up well for Brennan Presley to have a big punt return or a big kick return in this game that either A, gives OSU six, or B, Sits OSU up in a short yardage situation, uh, which I think as we have established, OU's o- or OSU's offense should be able to score in those short yardage situa- situations. And then finally, you don't know what kind of mental state OU is in right now. Brent Venables is using the term, OU needs to play pissed if they want to beat Oklahoma State, which tells me they're not motivated and he's not happy, which makes me wonder, is there chirping going on in the locker room? How do the players feel about him? Are they motivated enough to come out and beat Oklahoma State simply because A, they lost last year, and B, this is Bedlam. You still have a bowl game to play for. I don't know. You trying to figure out what state Oklahoma is in, uh, which, by the way, is Oklahoma, uh, you trying to figure out what middle state Oklahoma is in, man, if you can do that, you're you're a better psychiatrist th- th- than I will ever be. There's just no telling what's going through this team's mind. You've got players calling out each other. You've got coaches not being happy with players. You've got fans already wanting Jeff Levy uh, to, well, fans want Jeff Levy to resign, but you've got, I've heard, seen people write that Jeff Levy should resign. By the way, you Take this offense. Go ahead, take this offense. See how well you can win. The only way Jeff Levy should not be the offensive coordinator at OU next year is simply because Brent Venables wants to run another attack that a Levy that Levy can't adjust to. Other than that, I chalk this one up to the players and the and the depleted depth in this program this entire season. So I can't 
go down that road. But ultimately, because we don't know where what's going through these OU players' mind, that gives OSU a big advantage, and that's why OSU will win on Saturday versus Oklahoma. Coming up next, why OU will win on Saturday versus Oklahoma State. You're listening to the Heartland College Sports Podcast, Bedlam Edition. This is the Heartland College Sports Podcast, Bedlam Edition, and putting together the show this week was hard. Because as we say, it's the Heartland College Sports Podcast, Bedlam Edition, which means you're talking about both teams. Which means, you know, as we said earlier, you want both teams to win. And and I'm not going to lie, my oldest son played high school football with Trace Ford and Colin Oliver, and I've watched those kids grow up. And yeah, I want nothing but success for them, especially Colin Oliver. So am I going to root for him? Yeah. And I covered OSU for a few years, or at least was credentialed at the games for a few years, and loved, absolutely loved the way I was treated. Got to know a lot of those people up there and, and want the best for them as well. So despite being an OU grad, do I see things a little bit more orange or black? Sure, but am I going to apologize for that? Oh, hell no. I'm not apologizing to anyone for my opinions, for how I feel. Look, you're you're free to disagree, but I'm not going to lie to you. That That's one thing I will not do on this podcast. Now, I, I thought about debating myself, and maybe we do that next year, but I thought, well, look, man, you know, nobody likes speak for yourself or whatever the one is with Skip Bayless and, and Shannon Sharp. And uh, pardon the interruption, or not, it's not pardon the interruption, was it? First take. Sorry, pardon the interruption is really good. Uh, first take, all I do is hear people complain about that, yet Stephen A. Smith is the highest paid guy on ESPN. So maybe, yeah, maybe next week, I or maybe next year, I just debate myself uh, during this time. Which, let me just tell you right now, um, I know that there are some out there that may be saying that this will be the last Bedlam game played in Norman. No. Um, in fact, there'll be one more played in Stillwater next year and another one played in Norman the year after that, which will be 2024. Then OU will go to the SEC because despite the Big 12 getting its new television contract, they're not going to cover OU or Texas's buyout. OU didn't seem like they really want to pay the money for all that. And I think after you watch this year and Joe Castiglione let it sink in, he realizes how far OU is away from being able to compete in the Southeastern Conference. And he doesn't want to end up being another Arkansas, which is going to be 6-6, six and 8-4, six, and 7-5 and five on a regular basis. That's just not the OU standard. OU standard is to play for national championships. And certainly the roster isn't good enough to do that now. So don't expect OU to move any sooner than they have to. So let me tell you why they will win uh, this year. They'll beat Oklahoma State because Oklahoma State can't stop the run. Again, we talked about it. They're 89th run defense, okay? So that's not awful. It's better than OU's run defense. However, they allowed Devin Neal to rush for 224 yards on them. Jason Bean went for 93 in Lawrence. So despite the fact that Spencer Sanders was out and Garrett Rangel was playing, and we know Spencer Sanders is the key to Oklahoma State winning a game, um, even if Spencer Sanders played that game, they still weren't going to stop the run. Hell, they let Deuce Vaughn go nuts go, go nuts on them as well. Eric Gray is averaging 6.7 yards per game. Good luck slowing him down. You think you're going to be good enough to catch him? No. Is Eric Gray going to burn you after a 30-yard a run and turn on the Jets and go for a touchdown? No. But he is good enough 
to get yards at a chunk, and if you need 10, he'll get you 10. If you need 20, he'll get you 20. If you need 50, he'll get you 35. That's what that's what Eric Gray does, and that will keep Spencer Sanders off the field, and it will frustrate the Oklahoma State defense because they're going to start having flashbacks to playing K-State, playing Kansas, and they're going to wonder how this guy, who was way overhyped by Lincoln Riley, was able to do this to them. Which, even though Eric Gray was overhyped by Lincoln Riley, he's getting a hell of a lot better. The other reason that Oklahoma is going to win is that um, Oklahoma State's defensive backs really aren't that good. Okay, and, and I know that they've got a guy, you know, in a linebacker, Mason, you know, Mason Crosby, that can make some plays, and we've well established how good they are at rushing the passer. If Dylan Gabriel can get the ball out of his hands quick. Okay, Marvin Mims can burn some of those defensive backs. And let's not forget, for as good as OSU's receivers are, OU's receivers are pretty damn good themselves. So it's going to be hard for OSU's defensive backs to cover OU's receivers, which should allow them to have about three, four plays of 20 yards or more, or at least the offense have three or four plays throughout this game of 20 yards per more which is going to set you up for an opportunity to get into the red zone. And unlike last week when you were missing field goals, that doesn't happen this week because we know that Brent Venables, Jeff Levy, Ted Roof, look, everybody on that staff is going to be coming down on these players. They are going to be preaching, win Bedlam. You got beat last year for you seniors. This is your last opportunity to play these guys, figure out a way to knock Oklahoma State out of that championship game yeah, I know it sounds like a little rah-rah, but OU needs a lot of rah-rah right now considering how that they're playing. The other thing that you have to worry about if you're Oklahoma State in this game is that Spencer Sanders is banged up. And you know the key to Oklahoma State winning is him running the ball as as well as throwing the ball. So you run the ball, you're going to get hit. And if Danny Stutzman's able to lay the wood to him or Kanick is able to lay the wood to him a couple of times, it could injure that shoulder again. And let's face it, Mike Gundy does not want to have to go to the backups in this game. He doesn't want to have to put Gunnar Gundy in. He doesn't want to have to put Garrett Rangel in if he can afford it. But there's a very good opportunity for OU, and I'm not wishing anyone get hurt, but for OU to make life uncomfortable for Spencer Sanders and no matter how tough he is, If he can't throw with a banged-up shoulder, Oklahoma State's got no chance to win this game. And finally, why OU will beat Oklahoma State this week? 90, 19, and 7. Now, when Oklahoma State wins, they have a tendency to win in back-to-back years. They've won five times back-to-back in this series. But 90, 19, and 7. And very rarely has Oklahoma State had a better team than Oklahoma. Normally, when they do, they end up winning. And this year, you certainly could make the argument that Oklahoma State's 22 is better than OU starting 22. But still, um, even though they're both depleted in depth, you'll take OU's OU's 85 over OSU's 85, except at quarterback. As a matter of fact, I don't know who you take for backup quarterback. If this thing got into a battle of the backups... Yeah, I'd probably pick OSU to win that one because, you know, we don't trust Davis Bevel or haven't seen enough of Booty to know really what's going on. But ultimately, 
because Oklahoma needs to get bowl eligible and because they have owned this series. That's why Oklahoma comes out on top this weekend in Bedlam. So there it is. Reasons why OU will win. Reasons why Oklahoma State will win. Which brings us to our picks and locks of the week. And uh, last week, honestly, went better than I thought it was going to go. When OU started off losing to West Virginia, I thought, oh, hell, we're going down in flames. No, not so much. Three and two last week, which makes us 14-12-1 overall. Again, not stellar, but we'll take it all things considered. So this week, we'll start from the bottom where Texas Tech is in Iowa State to take on the Clones. Um, Iowa State, worst offense in the Big 12. They are your cure. If you're having bad defense or your defense is struggling, just ask OU, just ask Oklahoma State. I'll take Texas Tech plus the three and a half in Ames to beat the Cyclones. Texas in Lawrence to take on their worst nightmare, Kansas. Both these teams six and four. Texas is a nine-point favorite. There's no way the Jayhawks do it to them twice. Is there? I mean, could Kansas legitimately beat Texas two years in a row? I mean, it's not out of the realm of possibility. Texas could go in there with a hangover. Oh, what the hell, Sark? I'm betting on you. I think you got it, buddy. I'll take Texas. Minus the nine, and I'll regret it later. Uh, Kansas State will have no problem with West Virginia. Despite that win over Oklahoma, that program's uh, going down in flames real quick, so I'll take K-State to cover the 7.5 in Morgantown. TCU-Baylor's an interesting ball game. TCU's only a three-point favorite. Longtime Southwest Conference rivals. Love the way TCU is playing right now. I said I wouldn't pick against them. I'll stay with that. TCU minus the three knocks uh, knocks off Baylor and uh, continues their march towards the college football playoff and finally Bedlam. Okay, part of me thought about um, I, I, if you're old enough to to know this reference, Bob Barry and Linda Cavanaugh when they both worked at Channel Four. Yes, yeah, somebody over the age of fifty is nodding their head and smiling. Anyone under the age of about forty. Five is is like, what the hell is this guy talking about? Every year, they used to do football predictions on Friday. And every year when it came to Bedlam, they would hype it up. All right, so we're going to pick Bedlam this year. Somebody will pick Bedlam. We'll tell you who's going to win, who's not going to win. And then all of a sudden, something would, would go wrong. Something would go wrong with the broadcast. So you never got to see their Bedlam picks. And I thought about doing that. It's another thing that I thought about doing. I thought about ripping off them. I thought about ripping off the debate shows. And it's like, do I pick this? Do I not? Because no matter what I do, I piss someone off. But if I'm not going to apologize for the way that I feel and I'm not, it means I'm not going to shy away from it. I'm going to take Oklahoma State plus the 7.5 over OU. Reason being the one and only Spencer Sanders. As long as Spencer Sanders is on the field, I'll take OSU to win this one. I said it earlier. Um, I'm sticking to my guns. Had Spencer Sanders not played, I'd have taken OU. But um, who knows? Again, last week, 3-2, but 14-12-1 overall. So I'm wrong a lot, OU fans. Don't be as mad as maybe you want to be. All right. So with that, uh, we wrap things up this week. We say, may God bless you and your family. As the great Jackie Moon always says, Everybody love everybody. 
And to quote Eddie Vedder, hey, man, we're all still alive. So enjoy the rest of your week.